Hey! Hi, this is Dr. Christine. And Dr. Colin. And we are your co-hosts for the exciting new podcast called Love, Love Scrubs, Scrubs, and Stories, where we dive deep into the world of dating and relationships and go beyond the people wearing the white coats, the scrubs, and the stethoscopes. Come join us on this journey where we engage in dialogue and share stories of love, heartbreak, resilience, and triumphs. And we also navigate our professional lives with our hearts on our sleeves. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification button to stay up to date on all future episodes. And, and we, we look, look forward, forward to, to seeing, seeing you inside. inside. Hey. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Love, Scrubs, and Stories podcast, where we dive into all things dating and relationships, exploring love heartbreak, resilience, triumph, and so much more all through the lens of healthcare professionals. I am your co-host, Dr. Christine Nguyen, and with me, I have the amazing Dr. Colin Zhu. I'm your other co-host, and we thank you so much for coming on. Today, we have another amazing presented to you, and we have our wonderful guest expert. But before we, we get to you know introducing her, I thought we'd take a moment to talk about um, stress management. So Colin, you and I come from the world of lifestyle medicine and, you know, me being more recent and you have been in this world of lifestyle medicine and being a part of ACLM, which is American College of Lifestyle Medicine, you know, come from a wealth of knowledge. And one of the pillars of lifestyle medicine is lifestyle is stress management. So I thought this would, you know, it was an important topic. You and I felt very strongly that this is something that we wanted to um, talk about and bring this to our audience and have a discussion about it, especially as it applies to dating and relationships. And so what are your feelings about, you know, how's it been for you personally, like, you know, through all these years of dating and relationships and how, how, how has stress played a factor in your lives in this yeah. arena? Such a great question. Thank you so much. And yeah, we do talk a lot about dating relationships, but we also know how important it is, you know, with that self-care, building that resiliency for yourself mm -hmm. um, as a conduit, you know, for attracting your best partner. So to answer your question, yeah, it's uh, always an interesting navigation to do <laughs> dating and relationships. Personally, I've had lots of relationships and lots of dating experience. Not that it was, you know, pointed to get as many, you know, under my belt. That really wasn't the intention. The intention was, was to find, you know, high quality relationships that at the time, uh, how am I going to go about, you know, life in general? You know, for me, it's always about, you know, how do I get attract the best partner for myself and how to grow and sustain a great, high quality, beautiful relationship. And so that was always in the back recesses of my mind. And of course, as life throws curveballs and we go through the emotional, you know, roller coaster ride and different environments and situations change, it's, you know, it's going to be different. And so stress management, in terms of that question and how it relates, is very important to ask because for me, you know, just working through this, you know, roller coaster ride of just a healthcare professional's journey definitely plays a number on you. And I think in my schooling, I don't know about you, Christine, but you know, I wasn't really taught in terms of how to take care of myself, how to manage myself well. And I think a lot of our colleagues, you know, didn't as well. And that's why the trends and quote unquote hashtags of physician burnout, wellness, and suicide has been more trending of late, you know, of, of, of uh, recent years. And um, I think it's very important. So coming up, schooling residency, I didn't, I wasn't given that. And from my cultural background, 
there was no such thing as self-care or self-help. There was no I, there was no, there was no like, oh, how are you feeling today? Or, you know, how are we doing today? It's more like, you know, have you gotten your, you know, stuff together? Have you gotten, you know, any shit done? You know, have you, you know, <laughs> have, have, you know, these were important factors and nothing about like, hey, how are we doing today? How are we feeling? Are we good today? Like, you know, tell me how you're, you know, you know, are you managing well? Right. There just wasn't. And so that combination led to a lot of self-discovery for me that led to a lot of self-care over like 10 years for me that led me to ACLM, like a pivotal contribution towards myself. And I think in terms of relationships, that has helped me because the better I can manage my stress and how I manage myself, how I took care of myself to me, directly correlated to the quality of said unit and how the wellness of that and how that, you know, evolved over time. How about you? Yeah, so amazing, Colin. Thank you for sharing all that. And certainly, you know, this is like something that, like you said, we don't talk about a lot in our training. A lot of the focus, you know, during our training is like, oh, did you, it's all about the numbers, right? And like showing up, you know, physically, right? Uh, going through your rotations, going to your classes, like passing all your exams and exam after exam. And it's just like, how much can you possibly like the load, right? It's just gets packed on more and more, right? During training and then you know, even during our practice, right? And so there's only so much that we can handle. And yet, you know, I feel some, I feel a lot, you know, times like we are hypocrites as well, right? We talk about stress management with our patients, but we don't always necessarily, you know, deliver the same type of care to ourselves, you know? And so I think we need to talk about that more. For myself, stress has like, during the training, it's took its toll on me. I remember at one point, I was so overwhelmed that I remember like my family coming to visit me, you know, this is when I was up in uh, UC Davis. And it was like really nice having my family up there and I felt really good. And then the minute they left, I kid you not, that same night, when I was like studying, for some reason, like I started, you know, having like, shortness of breath, I felt like a lot of numbness and tingling in my arms and my legs. I felt like I couldn't move my legs. And it just, you know, the physical symptoms and the stress of it all just kind of like rolled into one another. And it just got so bad. I was hyperventilating. Thankfully, my friend was with me. And so he took me to the ER. And it wasn't, there wasn't anything, you know, you know, physically wrong with me, thankfully, but I was just really stressed and overwhelmed. And it seemed to coincide the minute that my family left that it happened, you know, and I think at that point, it really liked, you know, I took a backseat and like had to reevaluate what was happening to me and how I was managing everything. And that this was going to work that if this is going to be the road that I'm going to take, and it's a long road, right, I'm talking about during my training here, that I needed to figure out a better way to manage my stress. You know, and that's part of the, you know, the the training side, the professional world, but on a personal level with dating relationships, it's always a tough balance, right? We're so busy, you know, juggling all types of things, our work life, our personal life, our family life. And, you know, being single, we are, you know, hopefully out and about and, you know, dating and being involved in relationships. And one of the things that I have always had to ask myself was, you know, at checking at, at you know, at varying times is like, am I at that point in my life where, this is something that, you know, 
uh, that I want to do, like you have to ask, you know, you want to date intentionally, right? Are you ready? And I've had moments where I've actually had to like, you know, talk to my date, you know, someone I've been like seeing for a brief amount of time, because I realized that, you know, it's not, you know, it's that thing, right? It's, it's not, it's not you, it's me. And it really was like, right now I'm juggling too much. And I have to be honest with myself that mm. currently, like, maybe this is not the right time for it, right? Because timing mm. matters with everything. Or sometimes in relationships, when, you know, when you're, you know, with someone else, like, you know, the question is, like, are you showing up for the other person, right? But then, mm. like, you have to start with yourself, right? Are you showing up for yourself? And before mm-hmm. you you can show up for someone else, you got to show up for yourself mm-hmm. first, you know? So lots to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, bef- before we, you know, you, we turn a corner here, I think that was very important. So number one, thank you for sharing. Number two, not only the timing, I would also say the honesty, you know, and recognizing like, okay, this is too much, you know, when to say no, when to establish boundaries, either with the other partner or with yourself, right? When did I cross too much where I can't handle it, either mentally or emotionally, because it, you know, inevitably leaks into the relationship. And with, you know, others, it could be family, it could be friendships, right? But it's really the honesty of saying like, okay, I've had enough. And also going back to what you were saying, doctors can be our worst patients. And so, you know, needing to, you know, advocate for your patient as much as advocating for yourself is super, 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 super key. And I think our guests would, you know, you know, agree. So, but yeah, I, 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 I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. So, um, likewise with you, Colin. And, you know, and so we want to be able to, you know, incorporate these important aspects of our lives, right? Because the pillars of lifestyle medicine is, you know, the social connection and the community and the supportive sure. relationships, right? So how do we balance that, you know, the stress that we have? And so that way we can show up and be present for ourselves and be present in our relationships and and so hopefully our guests today, which I'm really excited about, will be able to uh, give us, uh, you know, some insights and some valuable tips and some pearls of wisdoms on how to be able to, to navigate the yeah. stress that, you know, as healthcare professionals, this is, you know, this is going to be a part of our lives and learning to be able to, you know, balance everything is really the For key. sure. So I can't For wait sure. to hear from her. Yeah, I'm going to introduce her. She has a very long resume, so probably take like all episode to actually, you know. <laughs> Go through a resume. So our guest today is Dr. Robin Tiger. She is a double-boarded physician in diagnostic radiology and lifestyle medicine. She's also the founder of the physician wellness practice, Stress-Free MD, where she combines all of her trainings in terms of medicine, yoga therapy, meditation, life coaching, to really teach others in terms of a whole person approach to elevate their overall health and uh, happiness. She is a physician well-being coach, podcaster, speaker. She's also a CME program creator, which is really, really cool. And uh, her key things that she likes to focus on is building up stress release, yeah, stress release, nutrition, fitness, sleep, and social connections for complete physical, mental, emotional well-being, resiliency, and longevity. She has a whole slew of podcasts that she's been on, but you know, I'd rather her say it herself. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Robin. Hello. Hello. Hi, Robin. Welcome Hello. to the Love Scrubs and Stories podcast. We are honored that you have accepted our invitation to come join us on this podcast. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here and I'm so happy that you're doing this. this is so, so important. And there's so many people going to be helped by all of the information that you're sharing. 
Oh, so kind of you to say, as you know, uh, we heard just a snippet of your resume and I'm, you know, Colin can keep on going and just so amazing and so impressive that all the work that you've done, but perhaps like in a snapshot, can you sort of kind of mention some of the key events or uh, perhaps the aha moments that led to you to creating StressMD and the work that you're doing today? Yeah, well, as the saying goes, Christine, make your mess your message. And so I was listening to you and I was hearing a lot of me in what you were saying in that several years ago, I was busy, busy, you know, married, two little kids, practicing medicine, in charge of many things, both at work and in the community. And I started to develop lots of symptoms. I had a whole slew of symptoms and I went to lots of docs and I had a pill for an ill, right? So every symptom I had, I got a pill for and wasn't getting better. Lots of imaging studies as a radiologist, everything negative. Lots of lab tests, all negative. And everything seemed disconnected. And I too had that really scary, strange, paresthesia situation, right? You said you had tingling or numbness going on in your legs. I mean, I had that in my hands and my feet. I'd be doing a breast biopsy, for example, and I couldn't feel the gun in my hand or the steering wheel on the car or a knife as I'm cutting up. You know, we've got Colin Dew, our amazing chef doc here, right? I, I'd be cutting up vegetables. Where'd the knife go? Right. So lots of symptoms, but that one in particular was absolutely terrifying. And I uh, said, okay, well, Western medicine, which is amazing, is just not, it's not doing it for me right now. Like I've done all the things, everything we were taught. And I'm not getting better. And I started to have some really dark thoughts. So I had body-based stuff going on. I had negative thoughts happening like, oh, I can't take another day like this in my life. And I actually lost three physician friends and colleagues to suicide. And so I said, all right, you know, there's a fork in the road. I can see it. You know, which direction am I going to go? Am I going to keep going down that same fork that my physician friends did, or can I figure this thing out? And I chose that ladder fork. I said, I got to figure this out because no one else can except me at this point. And that's when I started looking outside of traditional medicine. This is way before I even knew about lifestyle medicine. It's probably about 15 years ago, uh, 12, 15 years ago. And I started looking, okay, well, I'm already exercising. I'm already eating what I thought was really healthy. And what else is there? And I kept hearing about yoga, meditation, these other things, which I thought were ridiculous. Lots of eye rolling happening on my end. And I didn't know where else to turn. And I said, all right, you know, there's this yoga one-on-one course down the road from my house. Mm, maybe I should check it out. You know, what's the worst thing can happen? <laughs> It'll be horrible and I'll leave, <laughs> right? And so <laughs> I didn't want to go alone, grabbed my next door neighbor who's a nurse, told her about it. She eye-rolled at me as well. And uh, she said, all right, sure, you know, I'll come along with you. And after that very first session, I felt 180, totally different. I felt calm. I was clear. I wasn't tired, even though I walked in exhausted, and I didn't know what happened. My body felt relaxed, nothing hurt. And it was that was the beginning of my saying, hey, what just happened? Because nothing else I had done to this point helped me, but this did. 
And that's when I realized I started diving in. What do we do as docs? Right? Our left brain wants to know the, what's going on. And I started diving into the medical literature. And I understood that what I was experiencing was a whopping case of chronic stress. And that what I needed to do was start to learn how to relieve what I was experiencing. And over time, my journey continued. I was able to relieve all of these crazy symptoms, including those paresthesias, including the spontaneously bleeding gums, vertigo, tinnitus, reflux, um, poor digestion. I mean, you name it, I had it and everything went away, even the dark thoughts. Gosh, wow. So thank you so much for sharing all that. What yeah, all the things that you've been through. I'm so sorry to hear, but I'm glad that you were able to, you know, be able to like figure this out and go beyond, you know, the realms of like Western medicine and to seek a solution for yourself and it leading to where you are today. Now, how has all that impacted your relationships in, in your life? Totally impacted my relationships in such an amazing way. I mean, I felt like a robot, right? When it came to my relationship, you know, with my husband, who's amazing, I, I went from just feeling totally in love and totally excited to just feeling nothing, like numb, anhedonia, like totally setting in. I also was very reactive. You know, I was saying things that I wish I could take back. I was maybe doing things that I wish I could take back. And I have to tell you that it also spilled over into my my relationship with my children some really amazing moment, this aha moment, was my little girl. I have a, a little son and a, and a daughter, both in their early, tw in early to mid-20s now, but then they were very small. And my daughter said, Mommy, I love it when you look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. Wow. And I was like, oh. Wow, that is so profound. That a little girl would realize that I wasn't present. Meaning that she would prefer you look her look her yeah. into your eyes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that I wasn't present normally. I she was talking to me and I was doing fifty other things, or I was there but I wasn't really there. And so what I learned was how to be present, and that spilled into my relationship with my husband as well. Really being present, being present for him, being present for us, being present for my children, being present for the person bagging my groceries in the grocery store. You know the person. You know that's delivering your mail, the, the staff at work, my patients, everyone just totally shifted. I can only imagine, you know, how did that make you feel, especially going back to your daughter, because it's not out of malintent mm -hmm. that, you know, we're juggling 50 million things, but that's kind of, you know, our lifestyle. And in a lot of cases, what most Americans go through, you know, even if you take out the healthcare context, right? Everyone is juggling, you know, a bajillion things, right? So the it begs the question, you know, how do we, you know, get here, which is probably a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> but, you know, how did that make you feel? And, you know, I know it wasn't your intent. Absolutely not. And I have to say that as physicians, I definitely wasn't alone. And it was really interesting. I had two physician clients in one week really, really lay it out in such a way that I want to share here. One physician said to me, medicine trains us away from ourselves. This is a surgeon who came to me throwing things across the OR and now no longer does. Also had a relationship 
on the on the brink of divorce and is completely in love and happy again. In that same week, later that week, I had another physician who was sports medicine doc say to me, thank you for teaching me how to come home to myself. Also had a relationship on the brink of divorce and now also totally in love and happy again. So I think what happens is that medicine trains us away from ourselves. We have to actually get into this space to learn all the things, to work the hours that we do, to put up those shields that we can be that physician, be that person for that patient, for that staff, for that family member of that patient, and so on. But the damage is that we forget who we are. Then we can't be there for other people, let alone for ourselves. So being able to come home to yourself and still be that physician and still be that parent and still be that partner, that spouse, that friend, that kind person that's appreciative of you bagging groceries, right? Mm -hmm. Presence. Yeah, so true. Hey guys, we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors. The Love Girls and Stories podcast is a collaboration and co-production between The Chef Doc and White Coat Romance. The Chef Doc is a wellness platform that offers innovative approaches to thriving and offers a self-empowerment book, podcast series, on-demand masterclass series, as well as a brand new app. The app provides self-guided education such as food as medicine, self-care, and resilience. Coaching services are also available, whether you prefer one-on-one or group-type settings. Please go now to your app store, as well as Apple as Google Play to download for free. White Coat Romance is a dating app for healthcare and health-related professionals and students in the U.S. and Canada. It's a lively space where you can find love, companionship, and build meaningful connections with like-minded professionals. If you're single, go to the App Store and Google Play to download and join our vibrant community. As we both serve these amazing communities, we also acknowledge the value of continuing education. Therefore, we're super excited to share an enticing opportunity with our listeners. Our episodes are continuing education eligible. That's right. You now have the opportunity to earn valuable credits while enjoying our content. Rest assured, the episodes will always remain free as we are committed to supporting our communities and amplifying the voices of healthcare professionals. To get a better understanding of how this works, the first three episodes are free to obtain, then the rest of the podcast episodes are at a nominal cost. So you might be asking who can earn credits? Well, physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians associates, pharmacists, dentists, as well as dietitians and dietetic technicians. If you find yourself in need of CE credits, we kindly ask you to consider directing your CE funds towards supporting our cause. Your contribution would greatly help us nurture our podcast production and continue to bring you valuable content. We are deeply grateful for your support. From all of us here at Love Scrubs and Stories Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. So how do we quote unquote do it all? Obviously we can't, right? But what are what are the key components that you feel that would, you know, allow us to lead us to a stress-free partnership or at least stressless partnership as possible? Yeah. So I know in lifestyle medicine we talk about stress management. I like to talk about prevention and relief of stress, right? Because we don't just want to manage our stress because it means it's still there and we're like, okay, we're allowing you to be here. But I, I just think semantics wise, it's helpful to prevent and relieve stress. 
And so really understanding the tools that can be helpful to do that and then implementing them when you need them. And I think the first thing is also just recognition, recognition that I'm feeling stressed, (laughs) like actually realizing that this is not the norm. It doesn't have to be. I don't like feeling this way and I don't have to feel this way. And it's not just part of what we signed up for. We didn't sign up for this. We can still feel amazing and love our jobs and love our families and love our friends and love our life, even though stress happens to be here. And not labeling yourself as, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm angry, I'm resentful, I'm this, that, and the other thing. But it's like, you are you. And then stress just happens to be here. Anger happens to be here sometimes. Anxiety happens to be here, right? But that's not who you are. And when you can really just say, this is who I am, and these emotions and these feelings come, they're not who I am. They just come and they go and sometimes they visit and but that's not who I am. So realizing first that you don't have to feel this way and that's not who you are and you can feel better if you want to. Lots of times we feel shame and guilt in that we signed up for this. I hear that a lot. I I don't feel that I have a right to complain. I'm a doctor. I did this thing. I spent all this time, all this money. I have all of this status. You know, I have everything on the outside that everyone thinks they want. I look perfect to other people, but I'm dying on the inside. I'm not perfect, right? So allowing yourself to feel it, say it's okay, but it's not permanent. You don't have to be that way. So I think first thing is that recognition and then asking for help. And as you as you both said, we are not prepared in our training, right? We are not taught how to take care of ourselves. We are not taught how to feel better all by ourselves. We are just taught to keep our head down and keep going and that going to the bathroom and eating food is a luxury. Sleep is a luxury. <laughs> and those things that we know are really, really required for our well-being. Social connection. It's not a luxury required for our well-being. And so what I've come to understand is that the tools that we need are what I like to call bottom-up and top-down tools. Bottom-up meaning body-based, meaning learning how to regulate your nervous system, to find that homeostasis between sympathetic and parasympathetic components of your autonomic nervous system so that the stress hormone cortisol is not wreaking havoc on your life so that all those inflammatory cytokines are not causing you to have numbness and tingling in your body, right? And once we do that, then we can work with our thoughts from a top-down approach, which is where the life coaching comes in. And we need both components. We can't just think our way into feeling better. It'd be so amazing if we could. But we really need to work with our body and with our mind to find that really incredible balance to bring that happiness and joy back into our lives and into our relationships. Like a theory, theory and practical, you know, sense. Like you have the theory, but you know, for sometimes we forget to actually apply <laughs> the dang thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and I love how you're able to weave both the ma- you know, the the mental and emotional component as well as the physical. And you know, a lot of times we're so much up here in our heads that we just forget that our bodies go wherever you know our mind. It's like the driver in a car concept. And I also like to comment of, you know, the emotions that we experience are not forever. So I think about it as like a guess, right? A guest is not in your home. 
I mean, I guess they could, right? Forever, right? They're just, you know, there for a brief moment in time and then they, you know, go. So, so thank you so much for breaking it down. Yeah. I was going to say, it's really interesting. You bring those emotions and they guess an emotion actually lasts 90 seconds. That's it. It's your thought about the emotion that keeps it alive. And so if we think about that little kid on the playground that falls down and then you run over to help, and by the time you get there, they're up running around again, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's because they don't know to think about it. They just, they got scared and then quickly got up and they're, they're fine. But we as human adults, we think and we think and we think, and that keeps the emotions alive. Mm. That keeps them. That's why we know that they're guests because they're only alive because our thoughts are creating them. Yeah. yeah the rumination is real. <laughs> the rumination is real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard to turn it off. That's so amazing, Robin. So a lot of this of what I'm hearing is acknowledgement, giving ourselves grace. Also, a lot of it is just really reevaluating our thoughts, you know, and our feelings about things and the mindset shifts. If I, you know, if I'm paraphrasing this correctly, if you may elaborate further for our audience, are there specific additional like action steps that they can take? Perhaps, you know, yoga or something that that would help relieve the stress that we all have on our day to day lives. That's never ending. As you mentioned, I'm certified in a lot of things because as I got better and as things are working for me, I became certified in those disciplines to teach others, particularly physicians, and to teach them in a way that they know that that I know that they learn best and a way that they understand, which means short, actionable tools because we're busy, right? It's wonderful to take an hour class somewhere, but most of the time, you know, you don't have time middle of your day when something comes up to run and say, excuse me, I have to go take a class, right? So actionable tools that are quick and easy that work very, very effectively. And also in, in a way where we have everything that's evidence-based, everything that is based on our medical literature, that's not (laughs) woo-woo. Everything's based in your own anatomy and physiology and the way that your body and your brain work. And so I have broken down what I learned through all these different disciplines, through yoga, yoga therapy, meditation, life coaching, studying trauma, and so on, and in lifestyle medicine, into what I like to call stress-free snacks, where I've taken small pieces of information and made them really digestible. And things that you can practice over and over again to build that neuroplasticity, to create those new default pathways, so that when something comes up, when someone says something that triggers you, when you have a thought that triggers you when someone cuts you off when you're driving, when the person's not bagging your groceries just right. I bring that up because I hear that a lot. These kinds of things, right? What is it you can do in that moment to make yourself feel better so that you can regulate your nervous system and then actually then get to the thought that maybe was, you know, perseverating and creating what you were feeling in the first place? So the what, the why, and the how is really what I focus on. What is it that is the concept that you need to learn. Why does it work and why is it important to do it? And then how do you do it? And there's so much out there like you should sleep better. You should be stressed less. You need to exercise more. You should be eating better. Don't drink so much, blah, blah, blah. But nobody really tells you, well, why exactly? And then how the heck are you supposed to do these things? <laughs> right? And so that's what I focus on in my teachings. And you know, break things down into, into concepts such as 
you know, using your breath, understanding the physiology of breath, understanding the physiology of movement, understanding meditation, you know, understanding your thoughts and cognitive behavioral therapy and through life coaching, which is based in cognitive behavioral therapy, at least that which I am trained in, understanding how that works and really putting all of that together so that you have quick and easy things that you can do when stuff comes up. Is it you this imaginary toolbox that you put everything in and then you just like pull things out when you need them? That's amazing. I do want to shift gears here and kind of talk about, you know, taking a real life example, which is your marriage and uh, marriage of over 30 years. You uh, dubbed him to be your Prince Charming. And that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and I'm curious to, to know, number one, how did you guys meet? And a follow up question is, how have what you've learned and accumulated and amassed in terms of knowledge and the applied knowledge and wisdom, did that, you know, that that influence your uh, marriage? Because you said you discovered this like 15 years ago, your marriage is, you know, over 30. So I'm wondering if it had enhanced the current, you know, marriage and, you know, what are the takeaways that you've learned from that? Yeah. So I guess the first question is, how did we meet? I was a fourth year medical student and I was doing mammography research And I was looking for programs where I wanted to do my residency. And I needed to stay close to the hospital where I was a medical student so I can continue my research. And so I chose a hospital that was about 15 minutes away to do an away elective in diagnostic radiology. And my now husband was chief resident. He's four years older than me. And I was at a time when I had had a couple not so good relationships. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was in my, I hate men stage. <laughs> and I'm like, all I'm focusing on right now, laser focus is getting a spot in the residency because it was like one in five matched at that time. And I'm like, nothing's going to stop me from getting my spot. You're like invincible. <laughs> I am like nobody, no guy, nothing. Mm-hmm. And of course I get there and this guy starts, you know, hitting on me. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, oh my goodness. And I'm like, no, you know, uh, he has the last name of Tiger and it's a very unusual name. And I said, hey, uh, do you have a sister named such and such? And he said, yeah. I said, oh, okay. She was in my elementary school class. And I realized that he grew up down the street from me. Oh, and then no we grew way. up in the same exact neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. But, we didn't know each other because I was in elementary school. He was in junior high. I was in junior high. He was in high school. I was in high school. He was in college. Mm-hmm. And so we were never the same school at the same time. But I remember selling like Girl Scout cookies to his mom. He remembers selling like uh, mm. s- subs, baseball subs to my mom. You know, <laughs> we used to walk around and sell things to raise money. And so we laughed about that. And, you know, several weeks went by and I was, I can't talk to this guy. It's going to look terrible. He's chief resident. Oh my goodness. I really like this program. You know, if I want to, put this on my list. Like I can't be dating the chief resident. So at the end of my rotation, he kept asking me for my phone number. And I kept saying no, because we had actual like telephones with cords to the wall then. Yes. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> and so uh, I finally you know, gave it to him because he embarrassed me asking me in front of all the other residents at a lunch table. And wow, he, he did me. that? He is bold. Yeah, right? He's bold. Well, he had nothing to lose. He was chief resident. I was the one, <laughs> I was the one that was vying for a spot. <laughs> so uh, eventually, you know, we he did call me and we did get together and I went to visit him and I, I saw where he lived. And first of all, let me backtrack. 
he told me where he lived in the development we grew up. And I said, you know, my best friend lived next door to you. Like I spent most of my childhood playing in her house and playing in the woods behind your house. And I never saw you or knew you. I mean, like they shared, like they had driveways right next to other. I mean, it's crazy. And now fast forward, I'm going to see him in his apartment. And I had spent a couple years in the apartment next to him because my boyfriend from med school went on to become a resident and made a good friend who was another resident who lived right next to him. So I said, wait a second. I spent my childhood hanging out next to your home. And then I spent a couple years in medical school hanging out in the very next apartment that shared a wall next to you. Never knew you. I wow. <laughs> didn't know you lived there. So He hides pretty well. He's he, a really good yeah. hider. Oh, my goodness. This is definitely yeah. like coming out at the right it's moment. I, yeah. That's so yeah. sweet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. All these like uh, opportunities, missed opportunities. And then it was about that right time. It was that right that time. You were meant to like meet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the universe was laughing yeah. throughout my whole life. <laughs> we're share- breathing the same air basically <laughs> for, you know, several decades. And, and then we meet. And so that's, you know, that's how we met. And then, you know, he was pretty much it <laughs> when I met him. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. yeah. So you don't share a wall in between anymore, right? There's no wall now? N- no, um, only when he's in the <laughs> other room. <laughs> but no. When I he's in the doghouse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's really in the doghouse. He still is pretty much Prince Charming. So, yeah. Oh, what a sweet story. Thank you for sharing that. And then for sec- uh, Colin's second part, and then using your approach and the tools, how have you applied that to your relationships? With your husband, not yes. that you are working him, so. <laughs> but you know, to further enhance the relationships. Yeah, yeah. I, I think again, as you mentioned when you were talking about you know being there for someone else and then being there for yourself in your you know before I came on, I think that that was very important is is recognizing that I needed to come home to myself and that I wasn't this really you know unhappy, at times anhedonic, not present human. And as I learned tools to feel better, which went beyond what I described, you know, studying lifestyle medicine, understanding that foods affect our emotions and our anxiety and our stress, that movement, our exercise, you know, all of these other pieces affect who we are and really putting all that into my own practice. And then him kind of getting on board and seeing what I was doing and really, you know, helping himself in the ways that um, worked for him really, really helped both of us because a double physician couple um, bringing all those stresses home, really bad recipe (laughs) for, for relationships, unless you can really work on yourselves and be honest with yourself and be honest with each other. And I read a book a long time ago, about the five languages of love or the five love languages. And I'm not sure if you're familiar, but if there's any listeners that are not familiar, this was a really, a really big, important component to my understanding relationships. And I come back to that over and over again. And what it says is that there are five love languages, five ways that someone needs to be loved and that we all don't need to be loved in the same way. And the different components are physical touch, spending time, language, doing kind deeds, and tangible gifts, right? And really understanding how another person needs to be loved. Like 
Are they someone that needs kind words or things or time or nice things to be done for them or physical touch? So that's one thing is really talking to your partner and seeing, understanding like, how does that person need to be loved? And then understanding how you need to be loved and making that known to your partner. The other piece is loving yourself in the way that you need to be loved. And this is the piece the book doesn't really go into, but that's the piece that I really came to understand is, are you giving yourself the things that you need? Are you loving yourself in the way that you need to be loved? So there's three key factors here with respect to those five love languages. And I think that they're all incredibly important. And those pieces really help me, not only in my relationship with my husband, but understanding my children, understanding my friends, understanding my colleagues, and so on. Really understand that we're all different and how can we love people and how do we need to be loved? Yeah, I think I think the biggest uh, thing that you've mentioned that I took away is those two key factors of, yes, so number one, I've heard of the love languages. I think it's written by Gary Chapman. He's a PhD, mm-hmm. yeah. um, great guy. There's like a huge series. So people that are listening, you know, definitely pick it up. The The takeaway is, not only the languages in terms of the partner, but also understanding, okay, what is it that I need to do, say, all these different things for myself? You know, how do I like to receive love? You know, because if you don't actually ask that question, you don't actually go through the process of, mm, this is what I need. This is what I don't need. This is a nice to have. Not, I don't really need, you know what I'm saying? And that if you're not authentic and you're not really sure about that, how is your partner going to know, right? And if we're, you know, talking ideally through effective communication, but you don't know, your partner is not going to know either. And it's a two-way street, right? So I think uh, being open and honest and going through that thought process of, you know, what do I like to receive? You know, how do I like to be loved is super, super key. I can even just say from my own, you know, previous relationships, you know, definitely did not go through that. And I, would venture to say that, you know, if I had, it probably would have been a different outcome. Yeah, all great points. And certainly conflicts in relationship, which is inevitable, is extremely stressful, right? And so in order to be able to, you know, understand one another, like the love languages, like you both have talked about, is a great way to sort of, you know, get to know each other better and get to know yourself and relieve the stress in relationship. And so all really great points and insights. Robin, Colin, did you have any additional questions? Seeing that, no. you know, given the time can... and Robin has done an amazing job of providing so much value and given, you know, the audience so much insights into stress management. Did you have any anything else you'd like to add, Robin, before we end this amazing episode? Yeah, I just want to tell everyone out there that if you're not feeling like you, if you haven't come home to yourself, it's okay. You're not alone. And you just haven't learned the tools to get there and that you can learn them. Just reach out, reach out. You're not alone. Robin, what's the best way for others to reach out going off of what you said? Um, I know you have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, you have a website, you have socials. What's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Yeah. The website is stressfreemd.net. And if they're on social, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, a little bit on Twitter. Um, I'm happy to talk with anyone through any of those, any of those uh, modalities. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, well thank, thank you so, Robin. so much. Thank yeah. you both. Thank you for what you're doing and for spreading the love <laughs> throughout all of your listener community. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to come onto our podcast and sharing your expertise and some amazing insights. So we greatly appreciate it. And we can't wait to share this with our audience. I think with that, shall we bring this to a close? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, thank you so much for watching another episode. If you like this, please like, uh, share and subscribe. And if you feel that this is a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. And until then, please say goodbye to Dr. Robin. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching and listening to this channel. If you enjoyed this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. As a reminder, this channel does not offer medical advice. All opinions expressed are ours and our guests only. It is for general informational purposes only and does not replace professional healthcare services. Please consult your own healthcare provider for any medical issues you may have. Until the next episode, whether you're in and out of your scrubs, please remember to love yourself and others and lead with kindness. Bye. Bye.